Welcome to our weekly live show uh, where we cover what happened last week, big news stories and everything. Uh, we answer your questions in the chat. I see that there are no questions. Uh, that makes me very sad. So if you're watching this, make sure that there will be questions in the chat. Uh, otherwise, well, I don't know. Uh, there might not be much of a show uh, to do. Yeah, fix it. Yeah, fix fix the problem. Uh, that would make me very happy. But while we wait for people to join the chat, let's start with our uh, big news today. <laughs> Not so happy big news. Um, Jonathan Taylor suffered an injured thumb. I don't really know when this happened. Do you? No, it wasn't it. clear about when the injury happened. No. Because it didn't appear during the game, right? At least not that I remember. Uh, no, he played on like the last carry. So Yeah, he was, he was through the game. He was in. Yeah, so I don't know so. when it happened, but it seems like the kind of thing where, um, you know, now he's going to need surgery, right? I mean, he's going to need surgery. He's likely yep. to miss multiple weeks. It sucks, right? I mean. They haven't officially put him on IR yet. Uh, he he's said going to go on IR. What's that? I don't think he's going to go on IR. No, yeah, it says hopefully two, three weeks. So as long as he doesn't go on IR within the next few days, that's a really good sign that he's not going to miss four weeks. So uh, hopefully he'll be back by week you know, 14, 15. That's around fantasy playoff time. So hopefully he'll be back around then. Yeah. Well, I hope so. We'll have to Sucks see. Stomach. Yeah, he was just getting into stride, man. He was like the last couple weeks, he really started to pick it up and. It's funny, though. This game, I took some notes on the situation, and they went to Zach Moss a lot more this week. They did. Like, they went they back to their committee. Moss, um, he had uh, 10 touches to 15 for Taylor. So they did change up their approach a little bit. Maybe the injury um, affected that. Yeah, maybe. Although the, he was in near the end of the game, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how true. much how I yeah. feel about that. Um, yeah, it's it's very weird. To, it's a very weird situation. Yeah, a lot of nice nice comments here. Um, oh, Rico Dowdle, I feel very bad if you have to start Rico Dowdle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a I've got a whole my home my main home league is gonna be disastrous this week. I have like DJ Moore, Jordan Asin, Saquon Barkley, and Lamar Jackson all on by. This week in my main home league, and I'm like six. There's and a six lot of bye weeks. This week. I, for a yeah, it's, I, a, it's a big bye week. I, I love the put all your players on bye at the same time. It'll be fine. And then they're like, "Wait, it's two weeks before the fantasy playoffs, and I need to win." And now I'm, it's we're past the trade yeah. deadline, and I don't know what to do. Hey, I don't mind yeah. it because I mean, if you if you have all your players in the one bye, I mean, your team's full strength. The rest of the way through, pretty much. So, like, I well with I'd injuries, like it's never full strength. But yeah, with injuries, never full yeah. strength. But bye week wise, you're full strength. So like, you don't have to deal with little things on bye weeks. If you're here, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And only subscribers can uh, put those comments in the chat. Uh, hit the notifications mm -hmm. bell so you can be notified about my other content, which is doing incredibly badly. It's doing very badly. Uh, it's like the algorithm was turned off across the board on YouTube. Um, you know, as I always say, this stuff costs me money to make. Uh, it certainly doesn't make any money. So 
if you like it, I suggest you watch it. Otherwise, it's not going to exist. So um, here is the link to yesterday's video, which was doing decent and then just kind of fell off an algorithm cliff. Um, so yeah, uh, <coughs> just make sure to support that. Otherwise, uh, it won't exist. And that'll suck. I'll uh, go on a vacation. We all love vacation. I heard about your trip to New York, Hutch. Yeah, yeah, a big day trip to New York uh, a couple days ago mm. on uh, on Sunday. The family and uh, my girlfriend actually got to join as well. We went to New York, and it was a uh, was a heck of a day, dude. I, was I got very this... near where you were actually. It was. It was right by it. I mean, because um, well, it's not. We were doing but the... like I, I mean, I was near where you were. Oh, okay. Yeah, when we were, because yeah. when we were, um, Tyler, when we were at the Scott Fishbowl draft at that time, when we when I went to New York last, uh, my my mom and my brothers, because they weren't at the Scott Fishbowl draft, they didn't stay because they don't like football, they don't care. They went to Chelsea Market, and they hung mm. out there, and that's where we went uh, for one of our parts of the day trip. We went to Chelsea Market, and we hung out there. I love Chelsea Market. Oh, it's so amazing! And I got this. I posted on Twitter a bit ago. I wonder if I could bring it on here. I got this super freaking cool jean jacket man like, i'm not like a crazy jean jacket guy i've never been but they um the the company was called snow milk and they hand make everything like t-shirts pants hoodies jean jackets whatever it is and they hand make everything everything's one of a kind like whatever you buy like they, they don't make another one of those that that is it and i found this jacket there and he it was the black friday sale so it was a ton of money off and then he he assumed I was a broke college student, so he gave me more money off, and he, I got a really nice That's deal sweet. on it. I got a really really sweet deal on it. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's hanging over there right now. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, trick. It was, well, it was a really up? fun trip. Read. Uh, let's read the questions. Yeah, let's go through. Let's read the questions. Can I talk about a trade I made like an hour before getting on air? Sure. So here yeah, are your thoughts it. as we're as we're talking a little bit of Jonathan Taylor. In a reboot, I still had Zach Moss sitting on my roster and mm -hmm. opened up a little bit of a trade window for him. Oh, yeah. To, to pair Zach Moss and Kyle Pitts to move up to Mark Andrews. Thoughts? Yay, yeah. nay? Eh. Well, I mean, it's I don't know. Tough. If you, next year, I'd probably rather have Mark Andrews, but... Yes, and that's where I'm at. I'm sitting. I'm sitting with the. You're in a rebuild, league. so you're uh, in a rebuild. You don't need Mark Andrews this year. I would. I would take the Andrews side there. I'm like Kyle Pitts has been. Oh, and I got a third or something like that for it as well. Yeah. Well, let me quite just. Worried. Yeah. Mark Andrews has been good, but if you look at Mark Andrews' career, he's actually very consistent. Except 2021 is a massive outlier. Mm -hmm. a massive outlier. Every other year, he's been fine. But you're not winning your league behind Mark Andrews. He's more similar to everyone else than he is to being a high-end tight end. And I think that if it didn't work in this new offense, it's, by the way, the exact same as the old offense, just for the record. Exact yeah, same. Yeah, it's not very new. No it's not very new. The same. The only thing that changed is that the players are better. The, the <laughs> personnel is better. Yeah, it's not much. The I offense mean, has not changed. Dave Flowers is better than James Prochet. What? Yeah, Zay Flowers is a huge <laughs> upgrade and I think is the main thing that's different. But Mark Andrews yeah. has not been different at all. You know, he has been very consistent. 
uh, throughout his time in the league. He's averaged, uh, you know, between 50 and 57 yards per game in four of his last five seasons, you know, excluding the rookie year. And then you have that one outlier, 2021, where he was insane. But all the other years, between four and five receptions per game, between 50 and 57 yards per game, very, very consistent. This is what he is. It's not going to be different. That is what he is. It's not going to change. So you have to decide what that's worth in Dynasty. And he's someone I struggle to value. Yeah, that's very fair. I mean, and uh, he's also, you know, he's up there in age. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be 29 next offseason or will mm-hmm. be turning 30. Who are we turning 29? He's 29 in September. Turning 29, right? Yeah, he's turning 29. In September. Yeah, 29 in September. So, yeah, he'll be 29 in September, which he's still got a couple good years. I mean, tight ends can go a little bit into their 30s. So, you still got a couple. I, th- I would take Mark Andrews in that trade, though, still. Yeah. Even Let, after let's all move like, on the, to the questions Mark in the another, chat. Another tight end tr- question. Uh, Recently traded Kincaid for uh, McBride in two early 24 seconds. How do I make this banner like go like it's not looking the way I want it to look? Let me let me mess around while you answer that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I would take McBride in the two early 24 seconds because I love Kincaid. Kincaid is amazing, but McBride has also been good. Well, I don't want that. Uh, well, yeah, we could always do it this way. Yeah, but then um, yeah, we could. This might be better. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would. Yeah, that's better. I would take McBride side because I think overall it's worth more. It's worth more. I think yeah. the value is there. Uh, Kincaid is maybe a half tier above McBride. I don't know if I would say they're in the same tier, but I don't know if they're a full tier apart. If that makes sense. So I would take uh, the McBride side. Yeah, I would. I would completely agree. I mean, McBride, since Murray's been back, has been an absolute monster for fantasy football. And Kincaid's been great, but both of them are really, really young. I mean, Kincaid, remember, he's a little bit older. He's still 23, I think. McBride's still pretty young as well. They're around the same age range, and they're both putting up really, really nice numbers. There's not a difference between these two. My concern with McBride, and I do like him, and I do not think he's going away, but I have a concern with McBride in that the Cardinals have – more target competition. Whereas with the Bills, it's very possible that no matter how many players you replace him with, if Stefan Diggs is gone, there is less target competition, even if he's replaced with three different people. So that's the thing that I think... Cardinals could go for Marvin Harrison Jr. this offseason. I think there is a universe where you could have a successful NFL offense where Dalton Kincaid is the best receiving weapon on that offense. There is no universe yeah. where you could have a successful NFL offense where Trey McBride is the best receiving weapon on that offense. That offense would be a failure. That offense would not be good. Trey McBride is not on that level. He does not have the athletic ability of Dalton Kincaid. That he just doesn't. Yes. He does he's not that. So, he's good. I think Trey McBride the way I think of him is slightly less talented Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta is more talented. He showed more okay. earlier. Sam Laporta adapted to the NFL immediately. It took Trey McBride a year and a half. So that's kind of how I see Trey McBride is more similar to Sam Laporta. The only difference is that Sam Laporta hit the ground running. So what is Sam Laporta's year two going to look like? Could be even better. Trey McBride took a little bit of time. Maybe it's not going to look, you know, maybe that's saying something, that this is more the peak of what we're going to see. I I don't know. 
either way, I really like Trey McBride, but I will say that the Cardinals have a lot of opportunity to gain receiving weapons. They have Michael Wilson, who I think they like and is going to, they're going to, you know, use. They have Hollywood Brown, and I do think they are going to retain Hollywood Brown, even though his contract is up. Hard to find receivers like Hollywood Brown. I mean, there aren't that many. I think they're going to try to retain him. It's the kind of thing in today's market, Hollywood Brown, is he worth a franchise tag? Probably not. You know, would they, might they do it anyway? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, It's hard to let someone like that go. And then uh, they have a pick at 17 and at two. Two. I mean, if they get Marvin Harrison Jr., that would hurt. Trying to make breath. Significantly. I like Trey McBride, but he's not immune to, at the end of the day, most tight ends are not immune to their circumstances. To be honest, only Travis Kelsey over the last few years has been. Everyone else is dependent on their circumstances. So we have to look at who's the most likely to keep that top target role. And I just find that Laporta and Kincaid are more likely. The odds of the Lions bringing in a very significant wide receiver are, are so low. low. Yeah, no. Well, they have to the budget money for an extension for Amon Ra. That's part of the problem is that Amon Ra, this is year three. They're going to need a budget, a massive extension for Amon Ra. So they're not going to be able to afford another massive free agent. They're going to have to go back to the draft uh, to look for someone. Yeah, because the the bill because the bills have digs right now. I mean, for the next couple uh, of years, and digs the Lions have raw. What's that? They're not going to have digs in twenty twenty four. Digs is going to be somewhere else. You don't think so? Oh, I don't think so because it's very clear that Stefan Diggs is has had it with. I, I think that the whole Bills experiment was like this. I don't want to call it an experiment, but this was their last chance with these people. This Stefan Diggs acquisition, the Gabe Davis situation. The coaching staff. Clearly, that was a failure. It didn't work, right? It didn't work. The coaching staff was a failure. A failure. I mean, a total failure. You would say you had a great opportunity, and they really didn't get anywhere near where they wanted to go. This year, they're not going to make the playoffs. Stefan Diggs, I think we're at the end of the rope there. I think you kept it together this last year, but I think it's over. I think he's going to need to go. Uh, and I think they're going to start over. Uh, you could tell. I mean, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs don't even speak. On the sideline, they don't talk to each other. They don't speak to each other. It is going to be a problem here. I think everyone's going to move on. They're going to start over building around Allen and Kincaid. Um, and it'll be a new look offense. With that said, I'll still take my pride. Mm-hmm. It's a good discussion, though. There's going to be, everyone always says, oh, situations are so static. Oh, this is never going to change. So many crazy things are going to happen between now and the start of the next season that we can't even predict. Yep. You know, so you have to, it's why I always say talent is a very important uh, part of evaluating dynasty because situations change, but talent doesn't as much. I, I do really like that tear down. I like the way it's, it's formulated. That's textbook. Yeah. Get two yeah. good liquid Absolutely. assets and Absolutely. embrace the slight tear down. So next. Kenneth Walker, is he playing this week? No. No. If the game were on Sunday, maybe, but it's not. Yeah. They're playing on Thursday, so he's not going to be playing. Thoughts on Lamar? Offered Lawrence Ramondre in a late 24 first for for Lamar on a contender? Lawrence side. 
what's yeah. the difference? I, I'm not sure. I, I actually think I would rather have Lawrence. I yeah, that, have that's Lawrence. a pretty tough choice right there, just between Lawrence and Lamar. You alone. know, people were so down on Trevor Lawrence for no reason. No reason at all. None. This is his best year in yards per attempt. It's the best in yards per game. It's just because a little touchdown regression didn't go his way that people were so frustrated with Trevor Lawrence for no reason. Yep. None at all. Yeah. I really didn't understand yeah. it. And I don't – I would rather have – I don't know how we're going to fix the better now, but I would rather <laughs> have Trevor Lawrence because I think we've seen that Lamar is not going to deliver the consistent high-end fantasy production. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. The Ravens can win with Lamar Jackson. They're winning right now. They're one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the best at this stage. But that doesn't mean that just because you're the best team doesn't mean that you are the best fantasy quarterback. And he has not been. They run with the running backs consistently. They don't use Lamar Jackson at the goal line as much as we would like in fantasy. And then there are these bizarre games where the Ravens defense is so good that it scripts Lamar Jackson out of the game entirely. So for those reasons, and Lamar's not going to start running more as he gets to 27, 28, 29. It's not like he's going to no, improve. Not. It's not going to get better. If it didn't get better this year, it's not going to. It's not going to get better. So the best of Lamar is in the past. And I don't think we have, 2019 was now four years ago. And he hasn't been a difference maker on his own since 2019. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to be good. And that doesn't mean he's not going to have great weeks. But why wouldn't I take this offer? I don't, I mean, I get a running back who Ramondre Stevenson had a great game last week. Trevor Lawrence has been playing well lately. Now that the touchdown regression has gone away from Travis Etienne and towards him. And a 24 first is nice. So, yeah, this is an easy accept. I don't, we yeah. don't need to spend any more time on this, this one. Three. Landing spots okay. for T. Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. Banner. I keep trying. I'm looking around for different things for yeah. it. It's okay. We'll, we'll I, figure I'm, it out. I'm using Google to try and help me, but. Mm, it's a better. little better. Oh, that's all right. Oh, that's, that's better. Oh. What was where, where was that at? Uh, it's in theme. It's under theme. bubble. I use classic when I'm solo because it's bigger, but we, we can use bubble for for group show. Go ahead. Where do you want to see T Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. land next year? I think I saw this on your on your ex account. Me? Or something with T Higgins. Oh, I mean, I don't I don't pay attention to X anymore. I mean, a lot of people tweet what I do on X is I tweet something and then I just mute it immediately. A lot of people respond, there's a lot of attention, but I don't really pay much attention to what's going on on X and not interested in X. Um, there's a lot of toxic wasteland of nonsense on there. Um, but, you know, we can talk about what we want to happen all that we want, right? That's really an irrelevant conversation. It's an irrelevant conversation. That doesn't help anyone. What would help people is to talk about what's going to happen. One of these two is is not is something to talk about. Michael Pittman is going to be in Indianapolis. Yep. They will use the they have a what quarterback a on a rookie contract. They are not letting their only really good now Josh Downs is good too, but their number one wide receiver. They are not letting him leave while they have a quarterback coming off an injury on a rookie deal. Michael Pittman is not leaving. He will get the franchise tag. 
and then they will either he will either play on it or he will work out a long-term deal. But he will be in Indianapolis. So there's nothing to talk about with Michael Pittman. I completely and it does agree scare me a little bit because I think that Michael Pittman is better off with Gardner Minshew than he is with Anthony Richardson. Even though I would rather have Anthony Richardson for fantasy, it's a similar Lamar problem. I think that there's going to be a lot of running. It's going to be tough. And with Josh Downs being good, it's going to be even tougher. Michael Pittman has had a lot of volume. And the problem is if the pool is so tight, one of two things either, one of two things has to happen with Anthony Richardson. And I think they're both equally likely, but one of these two things is going to happen. Either Michael Pittman is going to get the volume and Josh Downs is going to be completely irrelevant, or they're both going to get the volume and neither of them are going to deliver exactly what we want. I think it's the second thing that's actually going to be the thing that happens because Josh Downs is too good to ignore. He's been impressive. Yeah, he's really impressive. You kind of see what happens when you have multiple good receiving weapons in a rushing quarterback offense. It's hard unless you're super elite. Like, you know, there's a level where it doesn't matter. But I don't think Michael Pittman is quite on that level. You know, like Jamar Chase level or even Garrett Wilson. Like he's not, yeah, he's not, he's not. In that, he's not on that level. He's the next group. Like if Jamar Chase is tier A, Garrett Wilson is probably in talent wise is somewhere in tier B. Michael Pittman is in tier C, you know, tier C of NFL receiver, solid number ones, but not on the elite level. Um, as for T Higgins, that one is more interesting. That one is more interesting. I think everything is on the table. I think everything is on the table. I think, Signing a long-term deal in Cincinnati is on the table. Depends on what that costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the franchise tag being applied and trying to run it back for one more year and seeing if they can hold it together and then dealing with it after 2024, that's an option. Uh, yep. Applying the franchise tag and looking to trade him as a choice, I think that's on the table. Um, yeah, I mean, those are kind of the options. I, letting him, not franchise tagging him and letting him leave for nothing, I do not think is on the table. I don't think yeah, that's No, that's happen. not. That's not an option, though. No. He's too valuable um, a player. They wouldn't let him just like walk tough. the bat. Wide receivers are like that are so hard to come by. You cannot just find one. Yeah, so no, he has so much value that even on a franchise tag contract, another team would consider. The thing is, I don't. The interesting thing is, I do not think that they will get a. Maybe they will. I mean, I was gonna say I don't think they would get a first for T Higgins. Maybe they would. I don't know if they would get. They might have to give something. With like a third with Higgins to get a first, a later first. Yeah. Just because he's going to be expensive. A first, first would be a pretty crazy deal. That would be expensive. Well, I, I just feel like is it is an NFL team paying a first for the – T. Higgins is great the to whole, have, but for the right to pay T. Higgins $20 million yes, a year, yes, exactly. I don't know if you would pay a first for that. That's the thing. Yeah. But my guess is he gets franchise tagged and he stays. Yes, that would be my guess. Because the thing the is, they also have like, the cap space for it too, going into twenty twenty four with the roughly well, they don't 70 really, million. but you can move the money around. You have a long time to clear it. The, yeah, you they're sitting at seventy. They they're sitting a, at seventy million open. Well, but whether they're sitting at seventy million or not, they have a lot of they have a lot of players they need. You they know, do. That Jamar need Chase, contracts, but them, another wide receiver. They could, and that's something they have to deal with. But they could yeah. easily restructure Joe Burrow's contract to kick, like they can kick the can down the road to get. Higgins franchise tag under the cap easily, mm-hmm. and I would assume that they would. They so, look at the Saints, though. <laughs> so the Saints, well, they're bad. There's you push it too far. negative the can. 87 million. Yeah, the difference between the Saints and 
the Bengals is the the Saints don't have a franchise quarterback. When you have a franchise quarterback, it paves paves over a lot of problems. Did they pay fifty million to Derek Carr? Well, <laughs> well that was dumb. I mean, they chose to do they that. Paid. I mean, that wasn't my they paid they franchise quarterback money. Sixty million dollar deal. They bury themselves with that. Yeah, I, I just think that I'm going to predict that T Higgins is back in Cincinnati until I hear that he's not going to be. Yep, I would agree. Yeah, he's. Um, a, I would agree that he. Like my like, let's say like I tweeted this earlier today. Rate on a scale of one to ten that he's a Cincinnati Bengal twenty twenty four. What's your confidence level? Because I'm at about like a seven eight. Six. Okay. Seven. Yeah. Seven and a half. So hopefully we're all around like that seven range that Higgins is back with Burrow next year. What any concerns with Burrow and his his injury? For real life NFL, no. But for fantasy, no, I think he's a tad overrated. Honestly, he's not overrated he's at all. I think not he, at I mean all. in not dynasty in dynasty no in dynasty no but like no. I think on a like fan when you look at fantasy football I mean he just has to like and he can do it a lot but he has to consistently produce a ridiculous touchdown rate and a ridiculous efficiency rate to be an elite fantasy quarterback you know I feel like every time we draft him and redraft or draft him he you're drafting him at a ceiling like if you draft uh, a quarterback I mean, four, that is completely in redraft ceiling. I'm never going to draft these quarterbacks at their price right. they're all overrated every single one of them yes. The thing about Joe Burrow is the second that he was healthy from the um, calf injury, he dominated. He dominated. Absolutely dominated. I mean, we're talking about someone who was a fantasy rock star, essentially, for a five-week stretch. I mean, there were, in four of those five games, he had either more than 300 yards or three touchdowns. So he was a difference maker over a long period of time. And Jamar Chase is going nowhere. So no. I do not think that Joe Burrow is overrated. I actually think that Joe Burrow is underrated. I think that, like, there is a significant difference between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. They're not yeah. close. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not saying no, but I think People, I people think were saying recently, during Joe Burrow's slump, people were saying that Joe Burrow was overrated. And now that he's injured, no, I see that people have moved. Oh, no, people were saying that. They were. And then they were saying that, you know, they would rather have Justin Herbert. I think we can see. I think we can see that. No, that's crazy. No, but, well, no, but let's, let's see. I think we can see that both teams have bad head coaches. The bad. Zach Taylor, bad head coach. Brandon Staley is even worse. But we see that one of these two players can overcome the situation and the other can't like Justin Herbert is not Patrick Mahomes or Joe or Joe Burrow. He's not when shit hits the fan, he cannot step up to the same level. He is not as good. He's very good. He is very good, but he's not on that up like S tier level. He's just not. And he never has been. And he never will be. He never will be like Justin Herbert is more similar to Trevor Lawrence than he is to Joe Burrow. So in that respect, if you could send an, you know, if you're out of contention and you could send a healthy Justin Herbert for an injured Joe Burrow, I would. Yeah. People two weeks ago were sending Kyler Murray for Joe Burrow. Yeah, and no people getting, and getting yeah, to pay extra. Joe Burrow is not overrated at all. Oh, I did that, Patrick. I got fan. a first. You got a first with <laughs> with, with Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow for Kyler. Kyler. I sent Kyler in two seconds for Joe Burrow, and I was happy with that. 
That's unbelievable. Joe Burrow, when he was before he went out injured, was challenging in my mind to be dynasty quarterback too, because we've seen some in, interesting until this past week where they played each other. We've seen some interesting things this year from Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Some interesting things, especially Josh Allen. I mean, we some things that we saw from Josh Allen last this week was very good. I give him props. He still lost, but he was, you know, really delivered for fantasy. But we had seen complete reckless, like, turnovers, messy throws that were reminded me of early career Josh Allen. You know, I was, I had a little bit of a concern, and I still do with Josh Allen long term. Obviously not enough to downgrade him really, but something to remember that if the legs go away, is Josh Allen really going to be an elite fantasy asset with his arm only? No, but Joe Burrow will. That's that's why I was thinking of making that move, and then it didn't happen because Joe Burrow got hurt. But I, w- I was close to having a change there in my Dynasty Superflex ranks. So, yeah, I just that, that's my opinion on that whole situation. But I also think you can see uh, how far down the Bengals' offense has gone without Joe Burrow um, as a measure of how good he really is. Yeah, I saw a stat recently. I think the record of uh, Bengals for Zach Taylor was like four and twenty-eight and one was his record without Joe Burrow. Yeah, it, well, it's bad. Yes, Joe Burrow was very bad. good. Yes, yeah, Joe Burrow was. We know this really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick, any terrible trade offers you've seen recently? How much time do you have? Uh, let's give it thirty <laughs> seconds. Uh, I mean, I, I have a whole thread on this in my Patreon Discord. Um, it's called ridiculous trade offers. Here's one: uh, Gardner Minshew and Kyron Williams for Garrett Wilson and a 25 first. That one is interesting. Give me know. Kyron Williams. Hmm. Oh my god! Yeah. But speaking of Kyron Williams, can I expect 20 plus points a week from him for the rest of the season? No. No, I don't think so. I, I think that 20 points is a lot. And I do think the workload's going to be there. I would caution on expecting the six receptions and two receiving touchdowns, though. I find that hard to believe that that's going to continue. Um, So, yeah, I'm yeah. going to say no. But he is I mean, a start every week. I mean, he's an no, RB1, probably. He's yeah, RB1, I mean, he is an RB1. 20 points is a lot, though. 20, 20 points is a lot to expect. That's that's it's RB two. That's yeah. like RB two through four over the course. Yeah. Of the so season. yeah, no. that's like that's so the like answer to twenty number, points yeah. is no. But he's in. You know, this week, to give you an idea. There are a lot of buys, but even against Cleveland, I still have him at, in PPR at RB seven. So very high. But yeah, I mean, he's an. He's not someone that you question whether you start him or not. Now in Dynasty, I will say. He is a sell. He is a sell because Kyron Williams, we, we see this all the time. These later round guys take the job and then some irrelevant challenger, Devin Singletary, comes in and there's, well, you're like, whoa, they'll never possibly uh, become the starter. And then they do. And it sucks. And we were like, why is Damian Pierce not playing? So it just kind of works that way, and it sucks. Um, 
the Rams are a mortal lock to add a running back. They have no running backs at all. So they will add someone who will challenge. And I think their intention is not to give Kyron Williams 85% of the work. They're doing it because they have no choice. Everyone else is so bad that that's what they're going to do. I do not think that's their intention. So I don't think that Kyron Williams is going to be an RB1 in the future. But he's someone who I don't think he's going away. I don't expect him to be supplanted, if that makes sense. I do expect him to be their starter next year. But probably not at the level that we are right now. Move on. Zach says hello. He is the fantasy football chupape. Okay. Y'all can call me big dog. I don't think we will. I yeah, I I mean I I don't. Um Steve asks twelve team superflex tight end premium competitive team. I lost Mandrews, moved him from Musgrave and a twenty four first, then moved that first for Kelsey. There are worse things you could have done. I mean Yep. You have Kelsey now, you have Musgrave to kind of deal with it next year. Now let me say this. I have a bad feeling about Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's bad feeling. Very, very bad feeling that this is it for Travis Kelsey, that he's actually going to retire. I I mean, all he's talked about it multiple times this year. The injuries have piled up and still feels all his surgeries. He's getting to that point now where he's older. Like, retirement would not be too shocking. I mean, his brother, Jason, is also considering as well. I mean, he's played in the NFL for quite some time. Like, both of them could go out this year uh, and retire. Like, it wouldn't be very shocking if that happened. Yeah, Kelsey is someone you want to – I think this might be the last chance you've got if you can I mean, get If you're a contending just, team, you probably keep him because you just you got to ride it out with him and get a championship. But if you have a window to sell Kelsey, I think that's not a That difference idea. maker isn't there. What we draft no, Travis it's not. Kelsey to be, it's not, it's a difference not maker there. Right I mean, his numbers no. are really not that different from last year. I think that, I mean, you know, he's averaging more receptions per game, a few fewer yards. You know, five touchdowns in ten games instead of twelve and in seventeen. But it's also the the peers, the tight end, the tight end landscape. The peers are better. But I think the thing is that I think the the Chiefs see that their offense is broken, and whether they have Travis Kelsey back or not, they see that they cannot proceed with this type of wide receiver group. No, they're going to add. Yeah, they're going to be major changes here. Like, I would suggest that there are not one, but two wide receivers added. Like, I don't think they can have a universe where Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez-Gantling, or Justin Watson are playing more than a backup role. Like, those are backups. Those are not, those should not be in your top three wide receivers. Like, yep. I would expect them to sign someone like Mike Evans and potentially draft another player, you know, to go with Rasheed Rice in their receiver room. Rasheed Rice looked really good, I will say. What's that? Rasheed Rice looked really good. He's 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 looked good all year, but... He's played good ball, man. He's played some really, really good ball. This last week, he finally, like, broke out. Yeah. Should there be any punishment for match throwing in Dynasty or tanking? 
a contending no. man who already has a buy no. locked in and is trying to lose the last place team. I, I don't. Right to no, I, I don't care about this. I don't you care. Know. Nah. I have better things to do. Should I trade Kenneth Walker? Depends. Should I trade Kenneth Walker? I mean, yes, but like, what do you elaborate? I mean, is how? Yeah, yeah. Got to trade. Yeah, that's yeah, a great you, question you, for the Patreon, where we can look at your team. That would yes, be nice. That's a good idea. That's is idea. Hubbard startable this week, or do I go all in on Moss? Uh, why is Moss on waivers? Shouldn't be, but uh, I mean, Always. Moss is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have Moss at RB19 this week. Yeah. So yeah, Moss is essentially a must play now with yeah, JT out. Yeah. We, we've seen what Moss is without JT this year. And it's yep. worth having in your lineup. Pretty good. Yeah. Craig asks, should I try Lamar and Nico for Shroud and Olave? I mean, you could try it, but only a, a fool would accept it. I'd rather have Stroud over Lamar easily, and I'd rather have Alave over Nico easily. So, yeah, you can try it. What's the worst they can do? Say no. Yeah, I mean, the worst they can do is say no. So there's nothing to lose. But I mean, yeah, it, yeah, there's definitely worse. If it says you, no. Post, if you're post still it. at a point in Dynasty where you're <laughs> valuing Lamar over Stroud, you are delusional at this stage. That's no, Patrick. Not, that's just saying this is wrong. That that's you're you're valuing them wrong. Worst they could say is no. They they decline your offer. They put it in the chat. You get kicked for lowballing, and then you're out of the league. Worst they could say is no. Does that actually happen? No. <laughs> pretty pretty amusing. That would be. Hey guys, trade Jerome Ford and Garrett Wilson for Kyron Williams and redraft. Hmm. Do it. I'm okay uh, making that move. I would do it. It's fine. I would do it. It's fine. I I do wish that the Jets went to Trevor Simeon. I think that would, as sad as that is, that that would wake <laughs> up Garrett Wilson. Um, be better. It's not going to happen with Tim Boyle. But no. Jerome Ford has actually been decent for the most part. He's but had three in, great weeks of 11.9 PPR points. I, yeah. Exactly I think in redraft, I'm willing to just risk it and take my chances on Kyron Williams. I would agree. Yeah, We're he's the end. At you this have point. a chance of getting like a top ten type of running back. Yeah, I think like I think I take my chances play. on Kyron Williams and redraft. But Garrett Wilson's day was saved by a garbage time TD, and he still I had mean, like ten targets. You know, someone got on me for wanting to start Garrett Wilson uh, before the game even ended. And it was like halftime, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and then I told him to go fuck himself, and like I. You know, I'm over it. Like, I'm I'm over it. I I don't I just don't I'll say this. If you're here and watching this show, then I care. I care about you because you're taking your time to be here. It takes an amount of effort to go on YouTube and click this button and watch this show. And or like and comment or whatever if you're watching it after all of those things. But ask questions in the chat. It takes an amount of effort to do that. It takes no effort to ask me a question on Twitter. That's easy. Anyone can do that. It doesn't imply any sort of support for me in any way. So if you come back at me in a way that's negative, I don't need the follower count anymore. It does nothing. Under Elon, it does nothing. It does nothing at all. Zero. I stopped even trying to grow my Twitter following because it, it, there's no benefit to it. So if you come at me with something that's negative, it, 
I'll just block you. It's telling me that you're probably never going to watch my YouTube and you're never going to sign up for the Patreon. So what incentive do I have to interact with you? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. You just are making me feel negative. So why would I interact with you then? You're never going to be a customer. You're never going to watch my show. So, yeah. Speaking fire. Moss or a 25 second on a contender? Moss. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a contender. Yeah. I mean, you do what you got to do. Take your shot at Moss. In redraft, yeah, you do what you got to do. In redraft, I just won five in a row and still barely hanging on to the sixth playoff spot. Lost Watson and Andrews last week, but managed to squeeze a win with Johnny Smith scoring me zero this week. Yeah. Um, who should I stream at tight end going forward? Juwan Johnson, Tucker Craft, Pitts, or Mayer? Well, it's not Pitts. Uh, I think I'll this go, week, Juwan, uh, not Juwan Johnson. Start. Yeah, this week, especially against Detroit, they're pretty weak against tight end position overall in the year. I go Myers on by, so it's not him. Yeah, that's also that's also true. Tucker Craft, so want, I mean, Johnson's guy Tucker Craft was right. like fine, but I saw more of an emergence from Christian Watson than Tucker Craft. Yeah, Watson's and been. The Watson's Packers are not becoming up. a offense we're excited for, so we're not going to want the third or honestly probably fourth option in the Packers no. passing game. No, no, we're not. I saw a trade where someone gave Shakir and a midish first for Derrick Henry. A sixth place team. Wow. Okay. Probably wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I no, will say, and this is slightly concerning to me, the workload split recently in the Titans' backfield has gone more toward Derrick Henry and away from Tajay Spears. It's yeah, almost it like they saw some. They saw what they saw in Tajay Spears. They liked him coming into the season. They wanted to give him a chance. They saw what he could do, and they were like, "No, thank you." They, they yeah, were like, "No, thanks." Have- I was talking about that lately on the 4-4 channel I talk, uh, a couple weeks ago. I talked about Derrick Henry as a buy-low candidate because, first off, me, it's been inconsistent for fantasy so far this year. And looking at his playoff schedule, uh, it's ridiculously good. He has two matchups with Houston through 15 and 17. And Tyler Spears has slowly, slowly been starting to go away a little bit. And we're getting those cold months. We know Derrick Henry likes to dominate in the fantasy football playoffs. So he's someone that – not for this price. This is – this is uh, Minish first is, and Shakir is too expensive for Derrick Henry. But if you're a contender, I don't mind sending a shot at Derrick Henry if you can get him for a cheap price. I Even think that there's too. becoming a chance that was not really in the range of outcomes before that Derrick Henry resigns with the Titans on a one-year deal. I it's possible. Like yeah, it's possible. I do think that Tajay Spears is potentially quite. You know, I'm already I've moved him down a little bit, but I might. You know, we might have to see about moving him down more. Yeah. Like him coming in and getting involved, and then all of a sudden started to disappear after me. Like, that's quite concerning. Regardless, I, I don't think that there's a universe yeah. in which Tajay Spears is like the workhorse starter next year. Like, I think if they don't retain Derrick Henry, that they're going to add someone else either on par or ahead of Tajay Spears. I, I don't see Tajay Spears becoming, you know, if, special. If, if I remember correctly, the, the shift back away from Tajay Spears happened as Will Levis took over. So I think having uh, that more... I, back, I believe that's correct, yeah. Uh, that Having that more veteran in that in that backfield, making sure you know you have a star, star somewhere on the field ready to take the ball from you, even if he is only getting two or three yards per carry, it's still... 
still has a lot of value for a, a young quarterback like Will Levis. And I don't want to just give up on Tajay Spears. It's not like Tank Bigsby, who's just been e- e- invisible, evaporated from the entire offense. I mean, he's been out there in every game and participating. But, you know, I do think if Derrick Henry leaves, I would love to take that opportunity to get rid of Tajay Spears. Uh, because he's not someone like I don't think Tajay Spears is going to join the ranks of the running backs we can trust in Dynasty, which right now is about, you know, like six, seven players. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to join that group for me. So go ahead. All right. Scribbles asks, is Geno Smith worth anything in Dynasty? Mm, I mean, yes. I mean, he has a value. What's the percentage chance that you think that Geno Smith is the Seahawks week one starter next year? 65. Yeah, I think it's still about It's 50, hard for me to see what the alternative is. That That's the thing. What's yeah, the alternative? Yeah, that's the only problem. True. There's no alternative. Yeah, that's it. There's no alternative. I want to say 35, though. I just, just I do got to catch the vibes. What are they going to do? He, he, he got a contract this year. It's not a terrible contract for the Seahawks. I want to see the get for, out of that. For I mean, they still have Denver. They have Denver. The problem year, is that they? they have to get out of it they very early. Don't they have Denver's first this year, or am I wrong? I don't yeah. think so. Trades over. No, that was that that was last year. But that was twenty three. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I got to mix up. Never mind. So I know there were twenty four picks. There were twenty four picks. I just don't remember if it was the first. Like a second or a fourth or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is right. that I mean I think Geno Smith is probably going to be a starter next year, but. <laughs> I'm not that excited about him. He's just kind of in that like meh. There's a whole range of these quarterbacks in Superflex. It starts with Deshaun Watson and goes all the way down to, I would say, Derek Carr. Of like these guys, they're probably going to be starters next year. I'm not super excited about any of them. And I don't really want them. Like I don't want them in Superflex. I'm not super excited to have any of them and of them geno smith is pretty high on that list of the ones i don't want to have i mean one of one of my least favorite in that group so yeah but what do you do that's the problem in superflex what do you do if you i would avoid acquiring new shares of him but what do you do with shares of him that you have you probably a 24 seconds not enough, and you're not gonna get a 24 first. So what do you do? Probably you're stuck. Yep. The one thing I would suggest is if a team is desperate and they have lost quarterbacks, if you could trade Geno Smith for I always hate to suggest trading for this player, but Deshaun Watson, I would do it. I would rather have Deshaun Watson than Geno Smith. I don't. Geno Smith yeah, is done. I would. When, when, when the second they can get rid of Geno Smith, he's gone and he'll never be a starting quarterback again. You might get one more year, but that's it. You're going to have, I mean, there will be, well, you're going to like it or not, there will be three more years of Deshaun Watson. Minimum. There will be. There will be. There's going to be three more years of it. So there, there, that, there's no way out. So it will be. So it is what it is. Ye old yikes. Yeah. Oh, ye old yikes. I mean, that's a separate question, but there is no way out. Go ahead. 
Coop says, thanks for all the advice and friendship, guys. I consider it a blessing to be in your lives and a blast to be in leagues with all of you. That's really sweet. But also, since it's so sweet, it kind of makes me sick on the inside. Coop, I feel like you need to go send us all a third-round pick for that. Yeah, when can you please? I, I know you don't have any left, but, you know. You traded them all to you. Well, yeah, a lot of people complain about that. I I think that the people who are complaining should have just sent more offers. If you don't send offers, you can't make trades, right? I mean, they're complaining about trades that were made, but they didn't make an effort to make so many trades. So if they had made the effort, they would have made the trades, right? I mean, I have a lot of people complaining. I hear a lot of this complaint, not in this, in this league, but all, all over. Well, why can't I get any deals done? Well, maybe if you sent more offers, you would do more deals, you know? you have to send it someone has to send an offer for a trade to occur right i mean it that is part of it so you gotta put yourself out there you never know what may or may not happen can't be afraid to like i know some people take this question down for a second because my rant is gonna be wild there are some people who are afraid to do anything oh i don't know i Oh, I can't decide. I have to think about it. Oh, you got to think about it for oh a long time. It's going to take a long time for me to decide if I want to do anything. Oh, I can't. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to trade any picks, but I don't want to trade any of my good players. I'm confident to just sit and be six and six and do nothing. And it's all wonderful. You know, that's not really a successful strategy in Dynasty. It's what I call being lazy. Tyler, that was a very good Eeyore voice. That's not that's not my Eeyore voice. I have an Eeyore voice. <laughs> I don't want to wake up. I'm tired. I need a nap. That's my Eeyore voice. I do impressions, by the way. I have some good ones. Go ahead. Before I start doing them and the whole audience goes away. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't want Elon Musk, so I'll, no. I'll take Max Jones. And a first in this economy? I know. <laughs> Would you trade Hall and Javante for Javante Adams in redraft? No. No, why Why would I do that? Devonte Adams has been hit or miss. I'll, I'll, no. The answer is hard no. Thoughts on Jaden Daniels? He's a player in this upcoming NFL draft. Come a long way. Yeah, I haven't done enough research on the on the prospect. I I he's remember gonna go in the, he's going to go in the first round. I remember I back was, in the Debbie yeah. days, like two three years ago, this man could not hit a broadside of a barn. Well, now he can. Yeah, so now, now he's putting up one of the best college seasons of all time. More you know, in the SEC, putting up a better year Look, than Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow had he's going to go in the first. He's going to go in the first round. We have to accept that. Whether we mm-hmm. like it or not, I do think it's going to be very interesting to see. The problem is there are teams, there are a lot of teams who are going to be in the top 10, need a quarterback. Are they going to reach or what are they going to do? How are they going to handle that? Like right now, Tampa Bay is at seven. What are they going to do? Would they take Jaden Daniels at seven? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll have to see. But, you know, if the board stays as it is now with Chicago at one, take Caleb Williams. 
Arizona at two could trade out and the New England at three. We'll see. But like, what does New England do if someone else trades up to two? I don't know. You know. But I do think this is a year where we could be surprised. We have more quarterbacks who could go like in the middle of round one this year than we did last year. Last year, it was really just Will Levis. Like Will Levis could have gone anywhere from like five to 50. Whereas this year we have like four or five of those players. We're going to have more of them. We have two right at the beginning and then we could have six quarterbacks in round one or we can only have three. And I'm not sure you know, how many it's going to be. But there's going to be a team, I think, this year that surprises you. Like a team that, like Seattle at 22, for example. They There are going to be teams that go into this draft thinking, well, we have a quarterback, but if our guy falls to us at the spot we want, we might take him. Seattle at 22 was was one. Uh, They're the main one that I'm looking at right now. The Rams at 14, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Falcons at 19. I think the Falcons are going to be more proactive in solving the quarterback problem. Yeah, they they will have the quarterback problem solved before we get to the draft. Um, But yeah, Seattle at 22. Uh, Those are the main ones. But I do think there's a bunch of quarterbacks in this draft, and I. I always say, if you're taking in the top ten, <laughs> really the top five. Whoa! Are you alive? Are you good? I'm alive. I Bless couldn't you. get to the mute button in time. Gracious. I'm so sorry. Oh I, it's okay. Um, I good. blow up people's hearing good, much We're more right. than you're sneezing. Oh, um, how about um, how about Los Angeles? The Rams. Rams. I said that right. Yeah, I said that. Oh, you did? Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, you said it like three um, times. Yeah, I did. Bad, I, I did. I did say it three times. Uh, I just think I that there are that. a lot of teams that could be looking to have someone to sit for part of a year or something. Like you have veterans on the way out, like Matthew Stafford, New Orleans could be on that list. Like someone to sit for a little bit behind Derek Carr and then take over, you know, midway through if it's not going well or after a year. Like I don't think it's the end of the world to spend a first round pick on someone who has to sit. I just think that if someone's going in the top five, they don't you you gotta see what you have immediately. You can't waste time. But if you take a later pick, I'm okay with having that player sit. You know? Seattle at twenty two is the one to watch for me. Yeah. Because I don't cool. see them acquiring a replacement for Geno Smith any other way other than that. Picking someone there. But we'll have to see. We will yeah. have to say. Uh, got a redraft trade. Uh, got offered Shroud, Moser, and Godwin for Pollard, Purdy, and Puka. Mm. So this is a one QB, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's see. I'd rather have Stroud over Purdy. Yep. Probably rather have Pollard over Mostert uh, because yeah. A-Chain is coming back. And Pollard actually yep. has been great lately. Pollard yeah, said it Yeah, it. And I'd rather yeah, with, the, with over. Jackson. Godwin has been awful. Awful. I mean, absolutely yeah, awful. There. So I'm going to go with the Pollard side. I would as well, especially in the one QB. It makes the QB a little less priority. Uh, and Purdy, Purdy's fine for fantasy. I'll, I'll take that yeah. Pollard side. 
thoughts on Eckler? Trade him. It's way too. It's way too late. It's he, way he, too late. Yeah, like, like, yeah. You have at this point. I think I've, I'm learning a few things in in Dynasty. I, I posted a little essay in the Patreon Discord, and I I might try to do stuff like that to share my thoughts because I do. I will say. And one of the criticisms I get the most, and this one I understand, I understand this, because I am like this, is that I take like a Wizard of Oz approach to things. Is I just say, well, I'm me. I have the track record of success. I have the following. I have the Patreon. You should just listen to me. And I take that approach, and I probably lean on that. I do think about it. I, I do think about it, but I probably don't explain myself very, I don't do a good job of doing it, and I don't spend enough time doing it. So I've tried to do a little better with that, especially on the Patreon in the Discord, but maybe a little bit on here as well with explaining a little bit more of my reasoning uh, for things and why I want to do stuff. Uh, and I've, I've gotten to that in the solo content. But regarding Eckler, one of the lessons I've learned is that it's okay to go down with the ship, especially on these running backs, once they've already lost the value. Now, what is not okay is to go down with the ship on a high-valued running back. If you had, this is why I was never drafting. If you listened to me, you wouldn't have drafted Austin Eckler this offseason. But if you have Austin Eckler now, and you, you made that mistake already, that's okay. But don't rectify it by making a second mistake and trading him when it's too late. At this point, you're better off just keeping Austin Eckler and just riding him into the ground. Yep, absolutely. It's yeah, okay to great. buy these high-value running backs after they've lost all of their value. Like, I have no problem. Like, this offseason, I'm probably going to draft players, like, that are unsexy. But at running back, you never know. You want to have all these running backs. Like, I don't mind drafting, like, uh, you know... Deonta Foreman late in my dynasty roster and this offseason, just keeping him on the roster because who knows what's going to happen. Like he's shown talent before, you know, like he had a couple of games this year. Yeah. And you just never know. I mean, keep around like uh, Jamal Williams. I mean, is he interesting? No, but like you you just keep players like this Kareem Hunt. Like he's had a few games. Keep these kind of running backs after they've already lost all their value. You don't trade them. You just keep them. That's a lesson I've learned. Uh, Austin Eckler is like right on the border. If you're savvy, you know the value's gone and you know how bad he's looked. But if you're just like a casual, you might think that because the fantasy points are there that he's still good. And he's not. He's not. Nobody in the NFL was interested in trading for him. There was no market at all. And I think this offseason is going to be even worse. If he goes to any other team, there's no guarantee he's going to have the same role. And even yeah, if he stays not. with this team, it's going to be under a completely new coaching staff. So yep. where maybe this year, not every receiver will get injured in the target share, which already hasn't been there this year, could go even lower. And he's been completely ineffective on the ground. So if you're not paying attention, you might think that Eckler's still good. So if you can still sell him to someone who's a little bit out of touch with like what's really going on, you might still be able to. But if we're getting to the point of having a minimal return, then then no. Depends on how sharp your league mates are. 
Like you're already holding the bag. Like you held it. Yeah, you're stuck. It's mm-hmm. too late. Yeah, you're stuck. Yeah. You can either eat the potato or let it burn you. And I don't know what that means, but it felt yeah, relevant. Yeah, it's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> it felt relevant. It's advice without being advice. Um, what's the fine line between sending offers and annoying people? Where does that not really matter? I don't care. I don't care. I, I, I do not care. I will. I always say that I'll do anything to win. And I mean anything. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how obnoxious, how annoying. I do not care. Whatever it takes. Yep. Like, I, I mean, Patrick, you know. Like, yep. it's obvious. Like, you've seen me. If like, you, I don't. I if do you not fill care. someone's trade inbox, they can ignore it. They can decline. They can send you hateful messages. They can say, never send me another trade offer again. But then when you send them the, the one trade offer that they're like, oh, I like that. Their mood changes in an instant. If I'm, this might sound, this is just the way that I play fantasy football. I would rather win and make no friends over not win. And that's just the kind of person I am when it comes to this kind of thing. And I've learned this lesson in that people you meet over the internet are not your friends. And by and large, there are some exceptions. But by and large, these people are not your friends. They're competitors in a game that you're trying to win. And I want to win. At the end of the day, when I go to sleep, those people are not there. I don't care if they don't like me. If they get annoyed by me sending a bunch of offers, they're probably not going to accept any of my offers anyway. So I don't care that they're annoyed. Usually the people who get annoyed by my strategy are the ones who don't make any reasonable trades that I want to do anyway. That might be cold, but that that is honestly how I play. Scribble says thanks. That's great as always. Coop. Coop says he's allergic to picks. That's very true. But I will say that a lot of the trades that I've made with you have not worked for me. I did trade King (laughs) Delaway for nothing. So Mm. that that, that one alone is so bad that it kind of made up for all the other ones that were in my favor. But that one... That's actually not the only trade of Tank Delaware that I made, and that was a disaster. So, did you also trade away Kyron Williams in that league? Different league. Different league. Yeah, I traded uh, Kyron Williams, and that was even worse. That actually was probably the worst trade I made all season. I just traded Kyron Williams away essentially for nothing before the season started. I also dropped Kyron Williams and Scott Fishbowl before week one. It just like a few years ago in Scott Fishbowl, when I dropped Elijah Mitchell before week one. The year that he was good. I, I seem to have like a habit of this. I don't know. I'm just. This wasn't the best year for me. Like in terms of actually playing. Like I haven't been as active. I haven't been as with it. I've been more focused on the content. Yeah, same here. Same here. I have in too many leagues though. It's just too overwhelming for me. No. I'm just in too many. I can't handle it. And if, you're, if you feel like you're bad at drafting. Yeah, trade away draft picks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason you have to take take a draft pick if you don't. Nobody's feel like you're bad, a good but see, that's not no. But see, nobody's bad at drafting though, because that's that's not something that I can accept in today's world. Because everyone has access. It's not like how it was ten years ago, where you had to actually like know things yourself and you had to have your own opinions. 
nowadays there's a wealth of information a lot and i am not the best at it i mean i'm no draft expert i mean i i do a good job and i I put in the research but at the end of the day like i'm not a film expert nor and with analytics i'm good at understanding it more than i am at creating it so most of my opinions in in draft season come from my research is secondary research like research of people's opinions and analysis of the draft prospect is mostly you know secondary sourcing because i i can watch tape and i've gotten better but i'm no you know i'm not going to pretend like i'm a tape expert we know that i'm not and with analytics like yeah i can understand it but like am i going to be the one to build the analytics excel spreadsheet probably not that's not my area of expertise i'm not very good at that so but if i can do it and use it to help me create, you know, and then mix in my own opinions and everything to mix in and create rankings that a lot of people buy. You can all do it too. You can all create your own rankings. And I do suggest that you do that instead of just listening to what I say is like gospel or whatever. Like I do suggest that you all do that. And there's plenty of, there's no shortage of information. If anything, the problem now is that there's too much information. The the key thing is you have to decide what's actually important. There's so much information that maybe you should have ignored the S2 score. You know, maybe that maybe that was a piece of information that was actually a negative for your and my, you know, ranking and processing and all that. So, you know, no so excuse t- for being bad at drafting. You have So Tyler, you're saying at this point you, you don't reinvent the wheel, but you take you take those wheels that other people have invented and build No, a I'm car? just saying no, I'm just saying that there's no reason for anyone to be bad at drafting. There's so much information, and I suggest that the only reason to be bad at drafting is if you're lazy. If you're lazy, then you'll be very bad at it. But if you just do some research, like, it's not hard to understand. Like, it's not hard to understand that you probably want the players who go higher in the NFL draft over lower. <laughs> it's not hard to understand that you probably want the players who produced more in college over the ones who produced less. And probably... Players who played at a higher level of competition are going to adjust to the NFL easier than those who played at a low level of competition. Like these are not mind-blowing or shocking revelations. These are very simple concepts that I think everyone, you know, it can be intimidating at first. It was intimidating to me, but I've gotten better every year at processing it and, you know, making my own decisions. And, you know, that's what I always say. My Patreon is not for me to, I don't really do it for you. I like walk you through it, like walk you through creating your own process and your own thoughts with my rankings and my opinions and all that stuff as a guide. So yeah, I mean, it's, there's no excuse for being bad at drafting. You you can figure it out. All right. Before we get to the next one, Hutch, I know you've got to take off. Yeah. I got a dip. I have another. Sh- I have another show I got to prepare for, but uh, I'll catch you guys. Uh, Hooked on fantasy, week. right? What's that? Hooked on fantasy. Hooked on yeah, fan- coming back. So everyone should go look at uh, search Hooked on Fantasy on Twitter X or whatever, and you can find it. And I suggest that you go. It's on podcast. Yeah, it's on. It's on podcast. Yeah, we we're uh, subscribe. We're like, yes, go go yes. subscribe. Hooked go on fantasy, search Hooked on podcast. Fantasy on your podcatcher and subscribe. Uh, check it yep. out on Twitter. Um, yep. and, yeah, we live stream on Luke Saw Hooks Twitter. We live stream on Luke Saw Hooks Twitter. So if you go to his Twitter, you'll find it there live. And then we post it. Excellent. So people so, should check that out. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. I'll catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.
All right. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with the sentiment that trades wake leagues up, gets people talking. Get he said, "This is my first year playing. I've traded three times. I can tell people in my league did not trade three? before. Three is not very <laughs> many, but it better. I mean, when you're when you're a trade virgin and you have that taken from you for the first time, maybe just getting back and doing it two more times is enough. Uh no, no, no. We're not getting into that. All right. All right. I mean, you have two kids, so you've had sex at least twice." At least twice. Um, almost missed the show. Um, had an argument with a friend who was wondering what your opinion is. Who's the best wide receiver on the Seahawks? I actually talked about this a little. I, I've had some conversations about that question. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. I would say that today, DK Metcalf is still the best. And then I actually think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the second best. And Tyler Lockett is third. That's not the way that they're organizing the targets or the offense. I think that needs to change. I think that the Seahawks, after this last game, have to see that they need to get Jackson Smith and Jigba more involved. I think they have to see that. Like, they're going to miss the playoffs if they continue to lead their offense down a lost cause. Most definitely. I want I want to see more out of DK Metcalf. I feel like he's not being used as nearly as much as he could be. Look, I love Tyler Lockett, but we are we are in decline this year. We are down in receptions. We are down in yards. We are down in efficiency. I mean, we're talking about someone where the yards per target is not there. I mean, you can blame it on Geno Smith, but you know, this is a career low in yards per target. We're talking about someone who down to a six-year low in yards per game. Like, the big plays are not there from Tyler Lockett anymore. Like, Tyler Lockett, I don't want to say he's washed up, but I think that Jackson Smith, because I don't think he is. I think Tyler Lockett is fine. I think Tyler Lockett's still probably one of the best 50 receivers on planet Earth. But Jackson Smith and Jigba is better than him. He is better. And he needs to get more of the ball compared to Tyler Lockett. I actually think DK Metcalf actually disagree somewhat. I think DK Metcalf's being used appropriately. I think DK Metcalf is what he is. I think DK Metcalf was kind of overrated for a while. And I think that he's being used relatively appropriately. It's not DK Metcalf that's the problem. It's their usage of Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba that needs to change. Unity says, I'm I'm nine and three on a five-game winning streak. Send those offers and see what happens. All right. Coop's giving some advice. Dialogue is always appreciated with those trades. If not, you don't want to deal with that person. Always. So, yeah. It's uh, always important to talk to people and have a dialogue because you want to – you don't get anything done otherwise. But the, the thing is, like, it doesn't have to be, like – you know, it's all about just, like, sending offers and negotiating. Like, I don't – need to get the best offer possible i just want to get an offer that i want you don't always have to like grind out every last little thing antonio says he's in the first first spot any trade flip ideas i would say go to the patreon this sign is, up this, this is not this is not what we do here yeah yep. i i know this is way over my head yep i would say look at look at your running backs potentially that's gonna be your 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 weakest spot in the team yeah. but yeah. Beyond that, look to the Patreon. 
Green Bay Jets as potential teams looking for a quarterback that could take one late in the first round or middle of the first round? Uh, Packers, yes. Jets, no. You don't think the Jets could have someone sit for a year? Nope, because everyone's job is on the line. And they're not going to waste the pick on a player they're not going to have. What if Salah's not there? Douglas's job is still on the line. And I don't think Douglas is going to be fired. Okay, this is back about that trade about Lamar versus Stroud, Olave, that thing. I'm still yeah. taking that side, yeah. Um, trade Eckler and Kelsey for Olave and Pitts. Love it. W. Full PPR, Dynasty, Pollard and Puka, or Pacheco and Devonta Smith? Hmm. Smith. <laughs> I'll take Smith. <coughs> Hats off to people who do multiple leagues. I can barely handle the research I do for the only league I'm in. The good yeah, news well, is that research can be spread out. overlap, you know? Mm-hmm. Call it a portfolio. Please don't. <laughs> Shares, shares. Oh, it's that's the biggest way people lose. Is that's the biggest way people lose? Diversify about it that way. Diversify the portfolio. Oh, that's how people make mistakes. You know, people make a lot of mistakes in the pursuit of ridiculous diversification. The only reason to diversify anything is if you're playing in life with money that you can't afford to lose in the stock market. Then maybe diversify. But in Dynasty. You just want to maximize your overall output. If you're playing Dynasty with money you can't afford to lose, there's something you're doing wrong to start with. I don't recommend doing that. Check in with the gambling helpline. Yeah. Yeah. In, in all seriousness, that I do yep. that's not recommended. So this should be like hobby money for you. And in that case, you should try to maximize your winnings. And that is not by diversifying, it's by exploiting and maximizing every single leak. It's always the dumbest thing I hear people say. Literally the dumbest. I, I it makes no sense at all. So I'm never under I understand the concept of what they're saying, they're just wrong. There's okay. misapplication of it. No, it but like that's it, what I'm saying. Like there's yeah, they're the, the, the applying the theory, the theory, the theory is correct applying. if you're you know talking about stock market with money you can't afford to lose, because then there's a risk. But if you lose your dynasty leagues, there's no you know mortal risk to that. So you should just try to maximize. It's like the old thing. Like if you, you know, if you had a, if you do a 60% coin flip, let's say a 60% chance of winning a million dollars or 40% chance of owing a million dollars, most people probably couldn't afford to do that. Even if the flip is, has a positive expected value. But if I reduce the value to a hundred dollars, either way, most people would probably do it because there's a positive expected value and the consequences are not nearly as high. If that makes sense. Go ahead. Yep. Well, we didn't answer that one. Yeah. Oh. Maybe we didn't answer that. I answered in my head. Sorry. Hey, would you guys rather have Kirk or Cup for the rest of the season? Mm. It's a good question. I would lean Cup. But it's a fair question. I would lean Cup. I think if Cup turns it around, I think the upside's a lot higher. I think we know what Kirk is. Seems like a lot to me being a first-year player. Hey, it, it is it. a lot. Dynasty in my first year was tough. 
and it's even tougher now because you're going dynasty is a lot older now. Like you have you I started in 2018. The majority of people playing Dynasty in 2018 had only played like a year. Like Dynasty, yes, it's been around for a long time, but it's only been even a semblance of mainstream. Not even that long. Like the 2014 draft class is like what the beginning of it being mainstream at all. And then it took a while to kind of catch on. But now you have you could be playing against people who've played Dynasty for nine or ten years easily. Go ahead. I was say theories have changed. The tricks theories have changed. People have gotten smarter. You can't swindle someone as as easy as you could before. You got to uh, work harder. The, the good old three and a player for a two doesn't work, doesn't anymore, work anymore around these parts. Yeah, that, that's I still try it. I still try <laughs> it multiple times a week, and I get disappointed when I get, I try get it the too, rejection. So I, I'm when I get the out. rejection notification, I still get upset over it. Mm. Bet three times for Patrick. Forget what we're betting on. Uh, this is before the. This is before the coin flip analogy. Yeah, I don't know. But, but uh, props to Caleb. You got to come back on the show sometime. Um. Well, uh, we got to everything in the chat, so I appreciate everyone who asked questions. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, and hit that notifications bell so you can be notified about future content. We didn't get any today, but there's always the option to do super chats, stickers, and memberships. Um, but the better option is always to sign up for the Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash fantasy advice, uh, which you can find there. And that's my premium content. You can ask advanced questions for the YouTube channel and all of that. Um, I also take donations on Twitter. Uh, through Venmo, and additionally, I sell my spreadsheet uh, solo if you just want that for $6 for the rest of the season. And the link, uh, you can find that on my Twitter. Uh, and then lastly, I did this video yesterday uh, with the top five takeaways from uh, Fantasy Action uh, from this week. And uh, to be honest, it has kind of flopped in the algorithm. So if you want something cool to watch after this, go and click on that. And uh, give that a watch. It's a nice 13-minute video. Very actionable, very to the point, no tangents. Uh, so, yeah, different vibe, but I hope uh, it's a good mix of stuff on the channel. Uh, so I do appreciate everyone for watching. Uh, I would obviously take Jalen Waddle here. And, yeah, appreciate everyone for watching. And I will uh, look for videos on the channel throughout the rest of the week. And uh, I'll see you all later. Peace out. Hulu, loo, loo, loo.